Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. There we go. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is 6.01 Mountain Time, which means it's time for another episode of Building the Broncos Tuesday Nights. Carl, how you doing? Welcome back to the the U.S. and hope you're feeling well. I know you've been under the weather. Yeah. um, No, it's it's been all right. Family, we all got the sick bug, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so it's been kind of a long week at our house. Everybody crammed in. So this is my one little escape of the week. (laughs) And my wife is taking care of our three kids. So, uh, but I'm excited to get to talk some Bronco football. Sorry if my voice goes out, it's kind of come in and out a little bit, but I didn't want to miss this with you guys. Cause I, I love, we love the off season. I mean, that's what this yeah. whole entire show started with. And obviously some huge news coming for Broncos for the next few, well, really for the few next few months with everything that's getting ready to change. And so didn't want to miss this and just always appreciate getting to talk with all you guys. Yeah, guys, uh, just so you know, I gave Carl multiple outlets being like, hey, if you're not feeling very well, you know, child care or anything has to go on, you can miss Tuesday night. That's okay. The the earth will keep spinning. We'll be okay. And Carl's like, don't take this away from me. God, <laughs> <damn it>. Like this, <laughs> this is my one escape from my family. I've been with them for too long. I missed them. No, not any. No, Carl, of course, yeah. uh, good family man here. But um, glad you could join us today. Glad everybody could join us today. Obviously, you can find Carl and I on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Thummer, MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Make sure you're following us at Mile High Huddle on Facebook and YouTube and the like. And uh, let's get right into it. Carl saying hello to everybody in the chat here. We got Silent One coming in here saying Seahawks fired defensive coordinator Ken Norton. They now are wanting to interview defensive coordinator Ed Donatel. Makes makes total sense. Yeah, he's I know a lot of people are very burned out on the Vic Fangio, but his defense is great. His scheme is taking over the NFL. And if you can't get Vic Fangio, why not get his number two man that knows the scheme better than anybody else not named Vic Fangio? And, and so, Bailey. okay, well, okay, okay, maybe, maybe. But Donatello's been with him longer. So yeah. I, I would say he maybe knows a few more ins and outs. Maybe he's not a better coordinator, but um, but no, I, this one makes complete sense for the Seahawks who are trying to get their defense back in order. And, and they are trying to focus a lot on secondary. I mean, they wasted two first-round picks on a safety. Slash linebacker. I don't know what you really want to call him, but so you're trying to get a guy that can maybe get the most out of him Ed Donatel. That's his specialty. So again, makes total sense for them to go at least talk to him. I, I'm still of the boat. I really kind of hope he and some of the defensive staff stay here for the Broncos. I know a lot of people are like, get all of Vic Fangio out of here. We need all of that bad juju out of here. Like I said, I still love this scheme. I really don't want to see it go. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, I'm, uh, I caught a little bit of heat on Twitter for uh, stating that as such yesterday. Um, but uh, I'm not saying Vufianger should stay by any means um, because as a head coach, you are responsible for everything that goes on in that building. Uh, that includes special teams and offense, which have been very bad for Denver for the most part, But uh, and the game management. I mean, but the scheme, you're right. I will miss that. Uh, thank you very much for the comment, uh, Silent One. We got Jay Silos uh, in the house. Yeah, I heard about that. I'd like to keep Donatello. He knows Vic's system. Uh, we got Josh in the house. All of Peyton's other interviews are allegedly just for offensive and defensive consideration. Chad wrote about it earlier today. So uh, obviously you guys can find this article on Mile High Huddle. But Carl, why don't you give us the lead here as far as uh, what Josh is talking about? Well, th- there there is some thought that the Broncos really pretty much made up their mind. Dan Quinn is their guy. And there, there's easy ways to say why he's the leader of going into all this process because he has connections with George Payton. He's wanted to work with George Payton for a long time. He's got experience as a head coach. I think George Payton, some of his decisions have shown he's kind of risk averse. So taking a cornerback instead of taking a risk at a quarterback. Some of the other players that he brought in weren't like these, these high risk players. And, and nothing wrong with that. That really isn't. I mean, it really kind of helped the Broncos solidify a lot of their roster where John Elway was like, let's take all the risks. Let's go get all the athletes that don't know how to play football. And we'll just teach them how to play football. But that didn't work out well and left the team without a whole lot of talent. So um, I, I understand why they think this idea of Dan Quinn being kind of the leader and then trying to find some of his staff through the interviews. Yeah, I still think there's a lot of these guys who are it's either they're going to be head coach or they're not or they're not going to be with the Broncos. I don't think they're going to take a, a sideways move to come to the Broncos. Like, I think the Broncos have a lot of talent on this team, but I'm sorry, like would you leave the green Bay Packers and what they have going on being the first overall seed in the NFC? I mean, I guess if Aaron Rodgers leaves, maybe you would. And I guess, yeah, if there is a lot of money that's thrown around right now, though, the Broncos don't know if they have a lot of money because they don't have an owner and they don't know what's going to happen with that. So like I said, I, I still think there's, there's still other guys that are actually really being considered for this position. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. We got Mike S. in the house. Good to see you, Mike S. What's up, Broncos country? Dylan's in the house, too. What's up, Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Jay Kozad's in the house. Eight head coaching jobs open after the first team makes a higher Teams will be scrambling fast after that. Uh, do you think, Carl, that obviously the Broncos are going to carry out these interviews? It seems like Mike Kliss and everybody in Denver media is saying that even though Dan Quinn is by far the favorite in the house, uh, they're going to still carry out all these, but... How soon do you think the Broncos have their hire? Is it going to be the end of this week? I mean, it really it feels like it's fast track Dan Quinn. One, they they can't they can't make the hire until after the enemy interview yeah. because well, of can't certain... they do it? After, they can do it after next. They can do it after tomorrow. 
because they interviewed Aaron Glenn already, and Jared Mayo is also part of the oh, good point. Role. Good point. Okay, so I guess they could do it then. I, I still think they're going to wait a little bit just to see what happens with the Packers on the weekend with their playoff game. I, I don't think they're going to wait much past this next week, though. Like, yeah. I think if the Packers win, there's a good chance Dan Quinn is named Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there. I, I really think that. If the Packers lose... Maybe they have a second round of interviews and it gets pushed back a week. They have a little bit more room to operate and try to figure some things out. I, I That's kind of my thought. I Most of these teams don't like to wait. They don't wait for the Super Bowl. They don't want to run into what happened with Josh McDaniels last year. Or not last year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Or was it two two or three years ago? Three, when, three years ago. Three, okay, uh, man. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun yeah. here. But, you know, where they kind of had this under-the-table deal, handshake deal, hey, we're going to hire you. And then he continues on in the playoffs, and then they're like, oh, never mind. I don't want to come to you. And then they're scrambling, trying to find this team and put it together. And, and I mean, it worked out, <laughs> obviously. They, they've actually been a pretty darn good team since that move. I, I think they end up with a better coach than McDaniels. But it, it just kind of shows a lot of teams don't want to take that kind of risk that the person could change their mind last minute. Yeah, that's a big uh, big concern there. It's also getting a head start on the offseason in general. Sorry if you hear anything. My dog is complaining here. I don't know why he won't hush it here. Um, it's teams wanting to get a head start on getting their coaching staff together, getting the ball rolling. I mean, Senior Bowl is merely weeks away, and you're going to have to have your guys down there and have an idea of what you're going to want um, from these guys. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, we got hello, my friends coming in. Carl, how's it going? It's Hunter here. I'm hey, back. Hunter. Hope all is well. I got stuck with the the uh, you know what and all that. Oh man, sorry about that, Hunter. Glad you're you're recovering and that you're doing well now. And uh, yeah, just just hoping all the best for you. And uh, always good to talk to you about talk football and just talk life. So hope all continues to be well for you out there. Yeah, Malachi Martin coming in here saying does not want the uh, defensive-minded coach, but we'll see how it plays out. Eclipse Stormborn's in the house. What's up, fellow? We got Holy Diver. Haven't seen that name in a bit. I think they test for colds. At, oh, uh, well, um, don't want to read anything that gets us our, our uh, monetization taken away, but thank you for the comment, Holy <laughs> yeah. Diver. Uh, we got Mark Lindemode's in the house. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Lawrence Rivera, always coming to the stars. Thank you so much, Lawrence, for uh, helping us all out here. Keep the lights on on Tuesday nights, building the Broncos. Always uh, contributing and being a big supporter of the shows nick carl okay is it just me or the syntax here is like he's a, like okay nick it's a happy birthday with a period just like in the office right and for those of you <laughs> it is your it, birthday <laughs> nick carl gonna watch later i'm a little busy but uh love if you got uh love if you go long enough i'll catch the end well lawrence we'll see if we're here around for the end but if not uh, we'll say hello later steven Baumgartner in the house uh oh steven with a new picture and still Ooh. ride or die the um the last part of your sentence here makes sense why the middle part is still hanging around. Hey guys, Drew Locke is my quarterback. Go big red. Uh, you know, if you, if I, if I was subjugated to years of watching Adrian Martinez play quarterback too, no, Drew Locke is better than Adrian Martinez. Just want to get the, uh, the funny shout in there. Did they get any of the people in the transfer portal? I think I saw they a did. couple names. They got Casey Thompson, um, who was the quarterback at Texas, but he was kicked out because Quinn Ewers, who was the quarterback with all the hubbub uh, that went to Ohio State, but got beat out by C.J. Stroud. So uh, Quinn Ewers, we'll see if what happens. He made like double NIL money. He first made it from going to Ohio State a year early, and then now is going to go make it in Texas. So uh, <laughs> Smart he's playing the game. Yep. Uh, he's making some money, man. I do not fault those kids one bit. CC in the house. What's up, Broncos country? Hope you all doing great. Uh, we got Jake Hozad saying sports talk show. Yes, it is. We are a sports talk show. Michael also coming in. Michael, I want to give Michael a shout out because he always hits us up after the show's out also on Twitter. telling us great show what he liked about it. Um, but he was a big, a big, big, big guy who uh, 
supported us big time this morning. So Michael always in the shows, but especially this morning. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to need somebody in the chat to see if this is any true. Um, I think there was talk of Mike McCarthy um, saying that he was potentially on thin ice, but uh, I have not heard anything that he has gotten fired. Somebody needs to tell me if that's uh, not the call, call what you're saying, fake news, Clint, but I just need a verified uh, source from that. Yeah. I was going to say last I knew Stephen Jones went on the air today or yesterday and said, no, he is our guy. He will be here. We're very confident in that. So that would be either something happened with uh, one of their coordinators that they're like, we can't lose this guy. And so then he got fired or just Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones, I guess. So it doesn't, wouldn't surprise me, Yeah. but I, I guess I, I haven't heard that either. And I was checking everything right before the show. Yeah. Don't know if that's true. Um, Carl can let me know if the chat is anything there. I don't want to miss anything. Okay. Bron- uh, Mike S coming in saying, I hope Broncos don't hire Quinn. His defense on Sunday was undisciplined. 14 penalties. This is something that I've had written in my mind every single show I've done since Sunday's show, which has been, I guess, two. Uh, but the does the discipline scare you? Because, my goodness, uh, Randy Gregory, who is somebody that I thought was maybe a potential free agent signing for the Broncos if they brought Dan Quinn in, I don't know if I want him. I mean, he's kind of a knucklehead uh, leading up to his time in Dallas. Um, there's a reason that he, I mean, some people thought he was a top five caliber pick at edge with the talent that he had, yep. uh, but you know, couldn't, couldn't not partake in the, uh, the devil's lettuce or whatever you want to call it. Wacky tobacco, um, that uh, kind of knocked him around a little bit in the league. And I don't care if you're doing that, but like, if you are potentially going to make millions of dollars and like, okay, you have to not use this for two months. This is all, that's all you have to do. Then like, you have to worry about the, uh, maturity, I guess is the, the way I'd put it. But, uh, are yeah. you worried about the defense? Did you take anything away from all the penalties from the Cowboys defense? That did scare me a bit, actually. So I'd rather look at his time in Atlanta. And they they were fine there. I mean, I think they were top half of the league in least penalties mm, okay. m- most years. And I, I look at that, that Cowboys team. And I look at some of the young players that they have that are very undisciplined players. And I'm not sure that I put that on Dan Quinn first year. You know, maybe if this was like year three with a lot of these guys and they're still making the same mistakes and doing these kind of things, I would maybe agree with it a little bit more. But I do think this year a little bit, just his first year going from, I mean, he's, he's got a, the Cowboys were a terrible defense before Dan Quinn got there. And obviously they added a few pieces, which was nice, but I think they kind of, he just said, hey, let's go be aggressive. We're going to make some mistakes along the way. And so they did have some bad games, but it also led to some incredible things happening for him too. And I think that was just that first year trying to get some of those things going for him. And so I, I don't read too much into it. It's still something I, I'm concerned about. It's something in the interview I'd be asking questions about. Hey, what are you going to do to keep the team disciplined? Because Vic Fangio fault him for a lot of different things. Broncos were one of the most disciplined teams when it came to penalties in the NFL under his, his time here. Yeah, they were very disciplined. Um, We'll see what happens with it, but that did rub me wrong. Uh, a lot of the defensive penalties there. Maybe some of that is more Mike McCarthy. Maybe some of that's just the culture that they have in Dallas uh, in general, with some of the people that they bring in there that Jerry Jones overlooks, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Zone D sports TV coming in $2 super. Thank you so much. Zone D sports uh, quarterback Bailey Zapp uh, would be a great late round pick. So quarterback Bailey Zapp, Western Kentucky university threw it around the yard. there, kind of an air raid uh, system there. They kind of give me PTSD because their former head coach who kind of 
led them to who they are now as Western Kentucky is uh, now the head coach of uh, Purdue who whips my Hawkeyes every year, which for God knows why. Um, but Bailey Zapp, have you watched much Western Kentucky Bailey Zapp? And I think he, he, he transferred to Western Kentucky from somewhere else. I cannot remember where it was. Yeah. I've, I've watched a couple of his games. I like it. I mean, for a late round guy, I don't mm-hmm. have a problem taking that because the Broncos do need to fill out their backup spots moving forward. I mean, Drew Locks on his last year. I'm trying to remember if if is, is Ripian on his last year. I I think Ripon is a free agent. He might be a restricted free agent. Okay, yeah, I, I can't in the same class as Drew, right? I think so. So you're looking for that next guy that you can start raising up to be your backup that can be cheap, especially especially if you're going to go get yourself a veteran this year. And it sounds like there's a lot of talk of the Broncos really aren't looking too hard at this. I mean, they're they're looking at this quarterback class but they're getting connected with every big quarterback trade, which I mean, they should be because they don't have a quarterback, but it just really seems to be the direction that they really want to go is go trade for a guy more so than draft a guy. And so you need a late round guy to help balance that just cap wise and Bailey Zapp. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, he's, he'll be interesting. Um, He is the, I guess the other quarterback uh, at the senior bowl, as far as the big names, he's the other one, but you know, he kind of remember Kyle Aletta when we were all kind of talking, oh, this guy's, you know, fun, young, uh, small school quarterback. Maybe he doesn't have the arm, but he's accurate and a good processor. I see that with Bailey Zapp as well. I've seen more tight window throws from Zapp, but I think it's going to be pretty obvious down in Mobile that uh, he does not compare in terms of the physical tools uh, that some of these other guys have. And, you know, obviously there is oh, arm strength can be overrated if you're not accurate, if you're not smart, if you're not a good processor. But there is kind of a point where it's like, oh, does this guy have enough? on the back end of this ball to fit it into NFL windows to yep. hit opposite hash mark. So we'll see what Bailey's at. Um, but he's a fun quarterback, a late round gem kind of guy. I could see him going, you know, round four or five. Uh, I would not take him before Caleb Ellaby, for example, a Western Michigan quarterback, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Travis Weber Broncos have the third most money under the cap. God bless. That's maybe another reason the Broncos are linked to some of these more expensive quarterbacks. Maybe the Broncos can pay less for draft capital, taking on a little bit more salary cap um, and upgrading the quarterback position. Uh, we'll see what happens. There we go. Miguel, uh, Miguel coming in. Miguel Santa Steven. I hopefully I pronounced that right. I always see Miguel's name and he he's contributed in here enough. Like I'm sure he's doing right here uh, that I should be getting his name right. But uh, appreciate you. Travis. Also good evening. Nick Carl on Broncos country, Miguel and Travis constant supporters of all the shows, but especially here in, uh, for building the Broncos. So appreciate that you guys a lot. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Travis. And, and thank you, Miguel. That's uh, you guys are the best. And now we got ST. Nessadin Tim stone cold Tim. Oh, stone cold. Tim. Oh man. Okay. There we go. As tight lipped as Peyton was with this past draft. It's hard to believe he'd leak this news. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think he does well to, in, in some ways kind of put out countering information in different directions to different sources and to, and just to kind of keep people guessing. I mean, that's part of his strategy. Uh, Patriots do it a lot. A lot of teams do this. John Elway was an open book. <laughs> that was yeah. part of his problem at times. He, he couldn't keep his mouth shut. Like there, there's a lot of people joking at the senior bowl. You get a couple beers and John Elway, watch that guy talk about everything they're going to do. And yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of, like I appreciate it that wasn't because beer. well, yeah, okay. But I mean it was kind of nice, like, oh man, we got all this information coming in, and it's actually probably pretty legit. Now, yeah. George Payton, you're kind of like, 
I don't know. You got some of these countering pieces coming from very high up people. So it's kind of hard to tell. And and so you you never know. Maybe he is the type that Nathaniel Hackett really did have a great interview, as I've heard. And he sits there and says, hey, let's take a chance. Let's go with the young. He's not really that young per se, but still, I mean, young offensive minded guy. And that brings a lot of fire that has a lot of energy. I've watched some of his coaching videos from meetings and stuff. And, and he's fun to watch. Like he is, he'd be a fun, entertaining guy as a, as a coach. Yeah. That doesn't always mean success. Vance Joseph was kind of a fun, happy go lucky, you know, his, his faces that he'd always do on the sidelines and stuff. A leader of men. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, the time of his life. Yeah, exactly. So again, I, I always kind of, I'm hesitant with head coaching searches of us like grading who should be the best, who's the worst, because I, I think that's one of the hardest things for anybody to to fully understand the change from going from coordinator to head coach. Yeah. It is two very, very different jobs. And there are some guys that are actually better head coaches than they are coordinators and vice mm-hmm. versa. And, and so yeah. just because they coordinate a great offense doesn't mean they're going to be a great head catch coach. Mike McDay or McDaniels is a great example. Josh. Josh McDaniel. Yeah, there we go. Not Mike McDaniel, a guy that I hope maybe ends up with the Broncos. Uh, but Josh McDaniels, one of the greatest offensive minds in football, even still today, I would say. Yeah. I, think I, mean, so. I mean, hey, with Mac Jones, they still had a competent offense this year. They made the playoffs with it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's like being born on second base with Bill Belichick's defense on the other side and uh, the special teams <laughs> that they have. And Dante Scarnecki as your offensive line coach. But I digress. Um, I'm not going to give Josh McDaniels any nice words. I, I think that's a, I think that's against my contract, Carl. You might have just voided yours. Oh, um, with a nice Josh McDaniels talk there. My bad. Um, my bad. But, but like I said, OK, so he was considered the genius offensive mind back yeah. when the Broncos hired him. Mm-hmm. He comes in. Six and zero to start off with. Everybody's going. This is the next boy genius. Yeah. <sighs> Falls off a cliff. Now that was for a lot more reasons than just his ability to call X's and O's plays and all that kind of stuff. But it just proves just because this guy might be that next pretty toy doesn't mean it's actually a good toy. I mean, nobody was really talking about Sean McVay when the Rams hired him. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was the same cycle, and he was. Uh, lapped him now maybe rightfully so because Kyle Butch Kyle Shanahan's done without quarterbacks has been impressive but uh when what a uh Sean McVay overlooked uh we have Matt LaFleur overlooked you got Zach Taylor overlooked young offensive minds but still uh you never know until you know yep yep McDermott too god they talk about a guy who's a defensive CEO type and really good connection with uh the likes of his general manager Billy Bean and Sean McDermott go way back and they built one of the better organizations in football as far as football operations goes with Buffalo. So I think that's that's a good point, Carl. Uh, that's what you're really hoping here with Dan Quinn and George Payton, assuming it is Dan Quinn. I'm talking about it like it's already happened. Who knows? Um, <laughs> after wait, The way the Rams were moving that ball yesterday, man, I'm hoping that O'Connell maybe gets a little bit of a, uh, a hard look there because I'm just – I'm tired of schemes pass schemes that the first guy is not the one where the ball goes. Like you want to work to get that first guy open with your scheme – and uh, did not see that enough with Kellen Moore this season. Have never seen it with Pat Shermer. Um, just make it easier on your quarterback. And I think O'Connell and Shanahan can do that as well. So uh, yep. da- David coming in um, saying, hey, guys, today's my birthday. Happy birthday, Happy David. Birthday. Uh, just wanted to say hello. Greetings from Switzerland. Big fan of the show. Hope to one day go to Denver for a game. Well, you got to come, David. And uh, I got to get to Switzerland one day. It looks beautiful. I'm a, I'm a mountain obsessed psychopath. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the areas in Switzerland look Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
Have you been, Carl? No, I have not. I have not. And it is on my bucket list of places to go for sure. So, David, if we ever make it out to to Switzerland, you might have to show us around, show us some great mountains, like you said. Uh, My wife and I joke, my daughter wants to go into becoming a a forest ranger. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, and she loves animals, loves nature, all that kind of stuff. And my wife and I are complete opposite. She loves the ocean. I love the mountains. But I was like, oh, I'll just buy dad a house in the mountains, mama a house on the beach. And uh, I'm like, wow, you really think forest rangers make a lot of money here. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, just, it. yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. She can build it. But, yeah, so, like I said, like you said, I'm a mountain guy, too. I want to go up there to Switzerland and see those mountains. It would be beautiful. And love the pictures and hope to get there someday. Yeah, Malachi Martin saying Matt Corral, future Broncos quarterback. We'll see. Our Powell, I remember before the draft, almost everybody in sports radio is saying quarterback or Micah Parsons. And who did we pick? Patrick Sertan the second. I feel like it could happen again. Everybody said Quinn, and I feel Hackett. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I do think that there's been some people who do not want Quinn that are leaning into the fact that, oh, the Broncos, uh, the likes of Peyton really – Subverged is the wrong word, but fooled Broncos country and their sources and everybody into going to Patrick, Patrick Sertan. Uh, nobody thought they were going to go cornerback after adding Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby to those contracts, and they still did. Yep. I think this is a little bit different, though, uh, than the, the draft position because you're not dependent on eight other teams down the line. If you are the favorite uh, and Dan Quinn likes you, there's no reason to really hide that information like a draft pick. Also, the other thing is there are three other three really it's more than that but three other parties uh that this information could come from that's not Peyton you have uh Dan Quinn's people Dan Quinn himself and his people saying like hey love George Peyton that's where I want to go it's a good team that information could be coming out from there information could also be coming out from league sources in general these guys talk these guys kind of know uh where this is going to go you have other teams that are con- uh, conducting head coaching interviews right now if they believe that Dan Quinn is set for Denver, maybe they're not as interested in pouring all the resources into the interview with him and the likes of that. So I don't think it's a, just because Peyton kept things close to his vest with the ninth overall pick. I don't think that means that everything we're hearing is a lie in regard to the head coaching search this time. The dynamics are different. It's more of an open market than the draft. And I really do think you can draw so many conclusions without even needing sources because I mean, Dan Quinn has said publicly, I want to work with George Peyton before. Yeah, that's what he's wanted. And here he goes. He's got an opportunity to go work with him. And I, I think he's fits a lot of the criteria that they've put out there. Leader of men. I, I know that's kind of thrown out there a lot of terms, but but he is actually I was listening to an interview earlier of him uh, talking to a psychologist. And Seattle was really big on bringing psychologists in when he was there and working on just building up the mental aspect of players and coaches and everything else. And obviously it worked out pretty well. And then he brought that mentality to Atlanta and uh, so you could say it worked out or didn't work out. I I know a lot of people really dog him for his time in Atlanta. There's a lot worse coaches that have had their their first tenure as a head coach go so much worse. Broncos have had that. Yeah. His time there really never finished worse than second in the division. Two playoff runs in the five years that he was there, or three, I can't remember. One obviously going to the Super Bowl, probably should have won that Super Bowl. Few mistakes made along the way. You can put that on him. You can put it on Kyle Shanahan. I don't know who you want to put it on. Thomas Dimitrov. Yeah, there you go. There's there's a lot of things that go in there, and and I still think there was also things going on where he wasn't in the best situation GM wise. That's Dimitrov. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Yeah. but I, I do. I think there was a lot of things going on there where 
I don't think he had as much say as what he would have in Denver. I think he yeah. and Peyton would actually work to communicate and build. And, and I've been saying that for a long time. You need a, a head coach that he and the GM can actually see eye to eye and talk to each other and not just have this like push and pull who's in charge, who's, who's number one kind of thing. Who do the players respect? You need them working together to build the team. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Well, hopefully they get it right. Um, I think that I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. It's not like college or tape college tape, but tape in general, where you can see a guy if they're doing their job or not, or the traits. Um, I'm not, I don't have tape of Dan Quinn being at the facility at 3am advising, uh, or coming up with a game plan or like grinding the tape. You know, I don't have tape of people grinding tape. So I can't, I, I think we're just projecting here and you, I think you want to hope for the best and uh, let the results play as they will. Um, and hope that Peyton will do the best thing here. But uh, as far as where we sit, not working with a full puzzle, uh, full puzzle picture. Uh, so hopefully we'll figure it out. We got Elijah Reed. I want to get to this comment here and tie it into another comment here. Do you all think that these quarterbacks in the draft have better tape than Drew Locke in college? I don't see it. And then you got Andrew Baker coming in. Thank you, Andrew. Always come supporting us. Uh, what quarterback in the draft would do best with their wide receiver and tight end talent? Hashtag MHH for life. Um, first off, I think that's a good comment um, above about the which of these quarterbacks has better tape than Drew Locke coming out. I don't know if any of them have full on better tape than Drew Locke, and that's the issue. A lot of them should go exactly where Drew Locke went, which was a upper uh, late first to early second round pick. These guys have warts, their flaws in their game. Uh, not all of them run schemes that make it super easy to translate their game to the NFL. Not anybody really has overwhelming tools or traits, you know, the superhero traits. You know, you people like, I think there was a really big uh, lean against the athletic traits this season with seeing how Mac Jones did versus Trevor Lawrence and uh, the, gosh, who was it, Justin Fields this season. The people like, oh, see, it's always, it's still intelligence, accuracy, and processing, which it still is. But then you see Mac Jones go up against Josh Allen and be like, oh, yeah. That's why you want the guy who's massive with the big arm and the athlete, because it's a totally different game of football when you can do those things versus Mac Jones, who once he was in a drop back pass game, looked like Teddy Bridgewater back there. Um, so as far as what's the best quarterback to do with our wide receiver and tight end talent, if you're talking day one and the tape that better than Drew Locke, I think there's only one guy I would put in that category. And it, he scares me to put him up here, but it's Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett had, has the best tape of any of the quarterbacks in this upcoming class. He's going to be 24 years old. It was his fifth year, I believe at Pittsburgh. He has small, very historically small hands. I mean, it's not, it's just not, not just small hands, historically small hands for quarterbacks who have come through the combine. Um, so he scares me for, because of those things, but his tape itself is actually pretty good. I think it translates pretty well. Full field reads that uh, has pretty good accuracy, good athleticism. Uh, he's the one as far as maximizing the guys here year one and better tape than Drew Locke coming out. I think Pickett's the guy. Right. Well, it, you hit it there. Year one. Yeah. A lot of these guys, like you said, they have such warts. They they need almost another year or two of seasoning before they're ready for the NFL. And I don't know if they're actually going to be that much better. I mean, uh, here's the thing. is a lot of co quarterbacks coming out of college. I know a lot of people still have that mentality from like the 80s and 90s. Uh, these guys need three years to develop. Well, these quarterbacks are coming in with thousands more passes. They're coming from actually pass-happy offenses in college. You know, it used to be Nebraska winning with the triple option. Yeah, that, That's not doing it in the, in the college football game anymore. You, you got I these mean, spread systems. Yeah. Unless okay, you're Georgia I, with a <laughs> unbelievable NFL talent rock, playing a walk-on. I mean, Stenson Bennett, God bless him. He's going to sell so many cars one day, but they're not an NFL talent. But typically, you need a Bryce Young, you need a Trevor Lawrence, you need a Deshaun Watson, you need a Justin Fields to compete in the college football landscape yep. going forward. 
Right. And, and like I said, these guys are coming in with tons more training than they've ever had before. And, and so they're not needing three years to really get the reps and, and do everything to maximize who they're going to be as a player. I'm not saying that players don't grow once they get into the NFL. I'm just saying usually you can tell a lot sooner, is this guy going to be something in the NFL or not, than you could in the past. And, and so that's why some of these guys, I'm just going, they need a lot of time to develop, but I'm not sure I'd even want to give them the time to develop because I don't think they're going to maximize to that level that you need them to be. And like I said, you're one, Kenny Pickett's your guy, especially – and so much depends on who your coordinators are too, but Kenny Pickett seems like the guy that could actually come in, not really depending as much on scheme and still do pretty well. Cause he's a little bit older. Like you said, he's mature. He's got a lot of reps and he's accurate. yeah. And he's got decent athleticism to escape and do a few things with his legs when you need him to. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see it, but we got Jetty splash coming in here. I can't tell. Is that a bird in the picture? It looks like a sandpiper. Uh, but I'm not sure exactly what kind okay. of bird. little ones they see on the beach. The ah, there you go. little quick legs. Yeah, there you go. I like it. All right. It says Nathaniel Hackett with Luke Getzey. Yeah, I would be fine with that. I'd be happy to have Nathaniel Hackett. He seems like a fun interview, which is something that we haven't had in Denver for a bit. And I really respect the heck out of what they're doing schematically uh, there for Green Bay. Now, part <laughs> number one is you have the best quarterback in football right now, which makes things easier. But they're doing it with. Outside of Devontae Adams, I don't really respect any of the pass catchers they have as far as real, real difference makers in the NFL. Now, they're still, you know, they're playing in the goddamn NFL. They're good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, as far as difference makers in the NFL level, Devontae Adams and then shrug shoulders, I don't know. And the offensive line this year, I think they missed four starters uh, over some time over, over the course of the year. They've been without David Bakhtiari. Billy T- Turner's been hurt. Uh, they lost Corey Lindsley in free agency uh, and Elton Jenkins who maybe the Broncos should have drafted instead of Dalton Reisner, but that's a little bit of the second or a Monday morning quarterback there on that one. But uh, I think Hack would be good there. And Luke Getze, he's been in charge of the third down passing or third down plays for the Packers. Uh, maybe it's his time to shine. Uh, it's possible, but you're really, again, we're going purely on hearsay. I don't know Luke Getze. I can't tell you what he's in charge of or how well he does. It does sound like Aaron Rodgers likes him. So that, that counts for something, I guess, in my book. But uh, it's a possibility. I just wouldn't pin your hopes on it. I think I'd start – Broncos country should start preparing themselves for Dan Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I still think probably at the end of the day that is who they go. I, I put it as 75% chance Dan Quinn is the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Probably 20% chance it's Nathaniel Hackett, 5% chance it's somebody else. Yeah. Yep. Is what it is. Some more happy birthdays here for David Millen. Good to see David. Um, we have some talk about uh, Biennemi here. Well, I think Biennemi is going to close out the week with the interview. The Broncos do not have to interview Biennemi before uh, the likes of hiring Dan Quinn because they're. Rooney rule obligation will be completed with Jared Mayo. There is a chance that Jared Mayo could come in and shock tomorrow, um, but we'll see what happens uh, with that. We got M- Michaela Parker coming in. Good to see you, Michaela. Personally, I want Hackett. I like the guy. I think you're going to be happy with Dan Quinn or Hackett as people. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> coaches are hired to get fired, right? That, that's the main thing you need to know coming in here, and coaches know that as well, right? How many coaches actually see the end of their contract? Not many, um, but it does <laughs> seem like Hackett and Quinn are both good people. And if that's the sort of thing that, you know, makes you feel better about your team and your rooting interests, you can hang your hat on that. Cause they really, you actually do seem like genuinely good people. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's the thing is one fourth of the league changes their coach almost every year. Yeah. Eight firings almost every single year. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't take long for your team to enter into that cycle. 
the really the the Bill Belichick's one he had his quarterback for twenty years, so that that kind of helps to lead to a lot of stability. It's just very very rare. I'm yeah. trying to think of who would be the next longest tenured coach. Kirk Ferentz. Uh, Pete Carroll has been there forever. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> the, another one. It, it might be him because I mean Andy Reid, Sean, Sean Payton. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'd probably be the next one. But you know, Andy Reid. A lot of people consider him maybe the best coach in football right now. He's been fired from a couple different jobs. So it is Sean Payton. Yeah. There you go. Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Pete Carroll the high, longest tenured coaches. So we got Scott joining us now uh, in the background. Hopefully. Hello, Scott. Good to see you. Um, he was off doing a hit piece for the, uh, the bills, I believe. Um, so that'll be fun out there in Buffalo. Yep. Give me the thumbs up, man. How about that? Uh, Micah Hyde interception in that game. That might've been my favorite second favorite interception all year. Number one was the Justin Simmons one against Washington football team, but Micah Hyde, man, I saw him score a, uh, it was at a game, Iowa versus Michigan state. And he did a interception and pitched it in like the fourth quarter. And Iowa ran back for a touchdown to win that game. I think it was Michigan state, man. What a game. I really, really hated uh, Mark D'Antonio with Michigan state all those years. Ugh, what a, what a scuzz. The Kevin Vidge <laughs> coming in, not a scuzz. Hey, I'm a huge draft nerd. And in a lot of them, I like the Broncos going heavy in the trenches on both sides or even two defensive backs to sure up the back end. Definitely a viable option for the Broncos. And something that I think if Dan Quinn is brought here, obviously quarterback's going to be number one, but I think Dan Quinn and George Payton are going to look around and be like, okay, what got me fired previously for Dan Quinn, the defensive trenches and the offensive trenches for the Falcons were bad. Uh, they they covered it up a bit with Kyle Shanahan, but mostly bad uh, outside of Grady Jarrett. I mean, I can't even name many of the Falcons and I watched a lot of Falcons this year. Um, not good on the, uh, the trenches. Um, and then Rick Spielman, uh, Mike Zimmer, they're out there. You can argue why, but their defensive line this year was terrible, terrible, terrible terrible against the run um not very good so i think that i could see the broncos going heavy in the trenches an important aspect of the trenches is that their investments you're not going to get as much year one playback a lot of times for drafting an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle but you do have to invest them still all the same it's like building a good fire right like it's if you don't want to wait until it started to diminish by that point you're already screwed you need to get a log in there feed the fire before it's starting to go out so that way you have a continuous roaring fire going for sure. And, you know, if you can't have a great coach, have great trench play. You know, at least win on those side of the, sides of the ball. We saw the Broncos this year. Uh, I think Scott has said it the most of anybody that the teams the Broncos struggled against were, were the teams that whooped them in, in the middle. The teams that they could beat were the finesse teams. And and so it just shows that that's something they need to be able to work on. Uh, if you if you can't get your, your quarterback – well, then you want to design this offense around your run game. Javante Williams looks like a, a true star in the making here in the league, if not already a star. So build in the trenches to get that offensive line strong and moving people and and, and be able to to win those close games because you're grinding out strong in the run game. Uh, you know, that's just kind of how you got to do it, of just kind of build around what, what you've got and try to keep adding on. And like I said, it's going to take time. It's not going to be fixed day one. Uh, nope. Just Munchak being here, year one was not great with him and with the Denver Broncos in the offensive line. This year, improved. wasn't Still wasn't perfect, but you're seeing at least the steps taken to to improve some areas. Yeah, for the big thing with Munchak was the competency and the depth that we saw this season, even despite not having a true difference maker at the quarterback position. The fact that the Broncos' offensive line didn't completely submarine the team when you were out there with. 
uh, gosh, uh, Quinn as one of the tackles and like Cameron Fleming is one of the guys out there and Austin Schlaw. Okay. I guess at that, the Raiders, the second Raiders game, the offensive line did kind of tank. Um, but at that point you're maybe seasons over after that bad Bengals loss and uh, not great, but um, David Wilder coming in with the support here. Thank you so much, David. Uh, good to see you also rocking the, uh, the mile high huddle shirt. We got Michael Ronquillo also in the house. Michael's gave us big support this morning coming in again this evening. Thank you so much, Michael. It's always great to see you. Thank you for joining us down there in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, looks like we got some talk about edge rushers here coming on here and Carl right now. Do you think you have a oh Jacob Foster? I don't think we got that one earlier. Thank you so much for the stars, Jacob. We appreciate you. Uh, Ed Rushers, let's take the likes of Aiden Hutchinson and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau off the board. Is there an edge rusher that would interest you at nine overall uh, for the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, th- there's some guys out there that uh, I think you and Scott did one not too long ago. Was it was it two days ago or something like that? We did a mock draft on Wednesday last week uh, where we mocked out the, the entire top 10. Okay. And I think you picked the Broncos he, he with Ajabo. Yes. Yep. I, I think that's, that's a great pick for the Broncos. And I think you said it best on there of he's, he's an investment. You're one. He's probably going to be more of a kind of rotational guy, but once you get him going, I think the athleticism, I think he could really turn into one of the best, if not the best edge rusher of this class. George Karloftis, of course. I don't know if he'll be there or not. It seems like his range is just all over the board. Yeah. Some people saying he's going to go top 10. Others saying he's going second round. It's kind of hard to tell, but just from watching him on tape, you're just going, wow, this guy just bullies everyone on the field. And so I, I would love him there at nine, of course. Um, Jermaine Johnson is another one there from Florida State. He's kind of been a little bit up and down, but man, when he's on, that guy makes a lot of plays for you out there. Georgia transfer. Imagine if he was on that defensive line as well. He could have been. Um, what a recruiting class is stacked on top of each other by uh, Kirby Smart. They got some high school talent down there in Georgia. Let me tell you. Uh, crazy. Um, the Andrew got this one. Uh, thank you for pulling it up, Scott. Which quarterback I think would be the best with our guys? Um, right now, I want to say Kenny Pickett. Uh, but I do think that with the volume of weapons the Broncos have, maybe somebody like a Carson Strong given he is an air raid, a drop back, drop back passer, kind of more of the full field reads going on there with Carson Strong. A lot of stuff on the quarterback shoulders for those air raid looks. Uh, air raid is actually not super easy for the quarterback. I think that's a misconception out there. They put a lot on those quarterbacks' plates. Um, so maybe Carson Strong as well. I do know that the Broncos had brass up in Fort Collins when Nevada played the Colorado State Rams, and there were some impressed people in Denver from what I heard from that. So uh, we'll see what happens there. It's going to be the knee for Carson Strong. That's the big one. If the knee is good, he could go back into the first round. If it's bad, he could fall all the way to day three. I mean, that's it's really that kind of range for uh, Carson Strong and his knee. For sure. Uh, we've seen players in the past that those medicals came back and they went from even top five pick to almost undraftable <laughs> kind of thing. It, it just It's crazy how quickly those, those can come up. And... Uh, all right, we've got Travis coming in saying, Evening, fellas. Just looking forward to some positive changes for our Broncos this offseason. DB for life. Thank you, Travis. Hey, this is probably in our lifetime, other than Peyton Manning being signed, probably the, the biggest offseason the Broncos have ever had. With the ownership and everything going on. Yeah. yeah I Ownership, head coach, new quarterback, most likely. <laughs> you wish Maybe it was a better not. quarterback draft. I know if it was, man, this offseason would just be 
uh, amazing to be a part of. But but really, you're you're talking about the three most important positions on the in the organization, mm-hmm. possibly being all changed, and you could maybe see an ownership of Peyton Manning coming here to Denver. No clue on on head coach exactly. Probably Dan Quinn. Then you never know with trade. Could be Russell Wilson coming in here because he's talked about possibly wanting out of of Seattle. I don't know. It's, you get a lot of differing reports on all those kind of things. Not sure where that's all going to go. Of course, Aaron Rodgers. It's tough to keep up with that guy. One moment he looks like he's really happy in Green Bay. The next moment he can't cuss out the organization enough kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he seems like he's very comfortable there right now. But let's say they lose on this weekend. Yeah. Is he going to still have that same comfort level? Yeah. Some talk about Sam Howell here as well. And uh, what do we want to get out to? Because we want to get out here probably in the next five to 10 minutes, but David Millman coming in, Millen coming in here, uh, interview today, or I guess the, not the interview, but the report today coming from gosh, the internet, uh, that the Broncos are one of the possible, most likely landing space, uh, spots for Kirk cousins, obviously longtime quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Washington football team before that Michigan state. I've been talking, I guess that, I guess I did see Kirk cousins in that game. Cause he would have been playing for D'Antonio, that Michigan state game. Um, but, uh, Cousins, you have any thoughts here? Do you think this is just some dot connecting? I mean, the Broncos are one of the few teams that have a roster that is plug and play quarterback away. They have cap space. They have draft capital. Uh, do you think that is a possibility? I, I think it's a possibility. Like, like I said, I mean, you, you see the connections. Nobody probably knows him better than the George Payton around the league right now. And obviously, liked him enough to give him a big contract while he was there. I mean, I know he wasn't the GM, but he was right there being a part of those decisions. Yeah. I, I think he, I think he's going to cost way too much in a trade. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of these guys, I mean, there's people talking about Jimmy Garoppolo costing a first and multiple day two picks. Please, Man. please Broncos do not be that stupid team that does something like that. Now, maybe that's just the 49ers and saying, this is what we want. And every team around the league saying, no, we're never going to give that to you. But but still, that, that's unfortunately, quarterbacks just get way too much. I still remember yeah. Sam Bradford going for a first-round pick after all of his injuries, and, and the Vikings were a part of that. <laughs> now, they're going to have new GM and, and coach and everything else, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly what they're thinking for their future. Uh, but I think if Kirk Cousins is open to the market, I, I really think the Broncos are one of the teams that come calling. Yeah, um, it would be concerning. Um, I know that Benjamin Albright is going all on all out assault with uh, anti Kirk Cousins, and you know I think Kirk Cousins is a a cornball as well. He's kind of a weirdo, uh, but he is a good quarterback for the most part. Uh, he's probably anywhere from the eighth to the twelfth best one in football, and we're coming back from Teddy Bridgewater, who was anywhere from like the twelfth to the twentieth uh, any given week. So it is an improvement. I am. I, I think Cousins is a fine quarterback, but paying him, giving up draft capital for him. First off, you're not getting nine overall, period. I'm not giving up nine overall for any of these quarterbacks not named Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, right. even though it's a weaker class. I think that's just too good of a a uh, spot. I guess I guess possibly uh, you could see a pick swap where the Vikings move up to nine and the Broncos take 12. Uh, that is something that could interest me. Uh, not It would take more than that, of course. But I'm 
again, just digressing off the, uh, the ninth overall pick, but cousins, I think he's fine. Uh, his cap hit next year is actually, I see Mike saying a uh, cap hit next year is 45 million. It's actually 35 million. Uh, 10 of that million is a signing bonus that would stick with the Minnesota Vikings. So he would be 35 million. I also would assume that Kirk comes with a uh, new contract as well. Uh, because it would only be one season. I don't think the Broncos would agree to trade for him without adding a little bit of years of control as well. Um, but it's, this is the reality guys. I mean, gosh, this is what we were screaming at you a year ago with the Broncos sitting there at the ninth overall pick and a very good quarterback class. Um, and let's put hindsight aside for a second. We were concerned that, you know, if the Broncos don't take, be aggressive for a quarterback at nine this season, you're going to be stuck in what looks like a way worse quarterback class with your hopes pinning on the likes of Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And if that falls apart, then here we are. Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles. I mean, this is the reality that you have uh, when you don't have a quarterback. So it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Kirk is a viable option, but it's not one that it's not one that I am totally against Broncos country's feelings of being against him. Yeah. And and I remember a lot of people telling us, you don't know what the 2022 class is going to be. And well, yes, we, we don't fully know. Yes, there's going to maybe be a guy or two that emerge out of nowhere. There's still, we can look at the tools of the players and say, this is kind of the limitation that they bring to the table just because of the tools alone. Yeah. You know, th- that's what we're looking at when we first start scouting these guys is what, what tools do they bring? Not so much scheme or what are they doing so much on, on the field in some aspects, but it's just trying to figure out, okay, do they have the tools to be able to make it in the NFL? Mm-hmm. And then you start adding on to that, that kind of picture. At least that's what I do a lot with a lot of this. Uh, and so we got one of those guys, John Houston, coming in here with a, a super chat. Appreciate that, John, saying we should take Sam Howell. Dude is a baller. You know, Sam put up some pretty darn good stats there at North Carolina. This year wasn't as great. He yeah. lost his top two wide receivers, top two running backs. And and so it, it was going to be tough for him to repeat what he did the year before. Yep. But yep. Th- th- there's, there's, there's a lot of good to like from him. I- I'm not saying don't take him. But th- there's some plays that just leave you scratching your head with that guy. Th- yep. There's times where he just he has to make a play. It, it kind of reminds me some of Drew Locke. Drew Locke mm-hmm. sometimes will throw into triple coverage just because he feels like I got to make a play. I got to go do something big, and he's not taking the smart decision. Sam yep. Howell does that more often than I feel comfortable with. He's still really young, um, 21 years old. He's going to be down at the Senior Bowl. And I feel like you know how much I freaking hate Phil Luongo's offense. Uh, you remember me screaming about it on here, having to watch A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and uh, Dawson Knox for that Ole Miss team. Phil Luongo, that offense was making me just want to bl- claw my eyes out. Um, and he's now he's doing it with North Carolina too. Uh, absolutely hate his offense. Doesn't give his quarterback any uh, easy stuff. It's deep or tuck and run. I mean, just, yep. just terrible. I hate Phil Luongo. Terrible, terrible. I mean, he's he's probably a better offensive coordinator than a lot of guys out there, obviously, at North Carolina, but I just do not like what he's doing. Um, we got life coming in here saying, evening, fellas, love the MHH crew. Where in the draft do you see us addressing right tackle, if at all? Early second, question mark? I, I could see it anywhere from pick nine to day two picks. I mean, I, I think they're going to use a pretty early pick on the, on the position. But, you know, if a guy like Evan Neal uh, – your boy that, that you've really loved. I'm trying to offset. I'm spacing his name. Equanu. Equanu. Yeah. Um, is another guy that if he's there, I could see the Broncos being very interested in. And, and so th- there's options there at nine that I think could be very intriguing for the Broncos. If not, then yeah, there's some guys day two, day three, or not day three, day two, second round, third round. I, I think they're going to address it with by the third round for sure though. 
they need to address it before the draft because you cannot go into next year with Calvin Anderson as your number one tackle and then Quinn Bailey as your number three. Uh, so they need to figure out what they're doing in free agency with that extra draft capital. I mean, even if it's as simple as bringing Bobby Massey back, um, something simple like that would at least give you a super high floor at the right tackle position. So if a one isn't there a value in the first two, three rounds, you don't have to take it uh, or else your whole offense is falling apart. Um, so yeah, um, guys, we're probably going to get on out of here as long as there's no other super chats. Uh, we got a couple more Travis Tarbox coming in saying, great show, fellas. Thank you so much, Travis, for your support. Uh, you guys are amazing. We got Michael Ronquillo as well. Great show tonight. Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael. We got John coming back in too. John Houston saying, uh, Kenny Pickett will be a 25-year-old rookie pass. I think he'll be a 24-year-old rookie, if I'm not mistaken. I could be off by a year. I I can't remember exactly. I think he's 24. I'm not sure when he turns 25, though. He's Maybe. 23 right now. His, uh, birthday okay. is in, his birthday is June 6th, so he's okay. 24. Okay, well, there you go. 24 years old. I mean, that, that's still old for a rookie. And and you have to question that a little bit of, why did this guy look pretty average until all of a sudden we got to this this year, this senior yeah. year, and then all of a sudden he explodes onto the scene? Is that because he's just older than everybody else and you know, you've got a 23-year-old a against 18-year-olds? I would hope yeah. that he's a little bit more developed and longer, you know, farther along in what he's doing. Um, I, I still think he's a decent player. I just don't see him as ever becoming a, a top 10 quarterback. And if I'm going to use a high pick and I think he's going to go pretty high in the draft, I think he's probably going to go in the first round unless something crazy happens down there at the senior bowl. Yeah. But uh, it's just hard to want to use that on a guy that I can't see becoming a top 10 guy. And, yeah. and yes, Tom Brady went in the sixth round. He is the unicorn. <laughs> we we haven't seen that other than Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I, it, in the last decade, Carl, how many competent starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now are taken outside of round one? In the last 10 years? Yep. In the last 10 years of the draft. And we're going to put Davis Mills in a box for now and Jalen Hurts in a box for now because I don't know if you can call either of those guys totally competent yet. Um, well, you're Derek Carr. Good, Derek Carr is one. Yep. Derek Carr is one of them that qualifies. Uh, You got Russell Wilson also qualifying, came in the league a little bit older. Um, Russell Wilson, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Say what you will about him. You know, that's the area. And uh, Cousins. So there's your, there's your four quarterbacks right there drafted outside of the first round that are okay. Um, Tom Brady is a six round quarterback. If you want to go into the draft and pin your hopes on a six round quarterback, that's like going to, uh, Instead of going to work and you're hungry and you're starving, you got no roof over your head. You're going to go buy a lottery ticket. I mean, somebody won it once, so it could be me, right? Like that's, that's, (laughs) that's the mentality there. It's just, it's a terrible process to bank on it. Anything can happen, but that mean an asteroid could hit us in 10 seconds, right? Like who who knows? Uh, Dak Prescott, the other one, there we go. Dak is the name, not Jimmy G Dak. Um, Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure you put yourself in a uh, good position to uh, go out there and grab the best guy. All right, we got David Wilder coming in saying, even though I know Quinn is the favorite, I think you guys might get a big surprise and it will be Hackett. Hashtag hire Hackett, hashtag MHH for life, hashtag DB for life. Hey, maybe that will be. I And like I said, I, I'm i not one to make complete judgments on the head coach hire because I really don't know much yeah. about these guys other than, okay, this guy coached this defense or this offense and they look this good. I've seen him in some interviews. I've heard some good things about this guy. But beyond that, I, I can't really say much of their ability to run an entire organization and 
you know, help the offense, help the defense, put together a staff. I think that's one of the other underrated parts of this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these guys yeah. putting together their staffs. It's not just the head coach. You're trying to find an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, special teams coordinator. And we saw with Vic Fangio, when you have really bad special teams coordinator, it hurts you. When you have a bad offense coordinator, it hurts you. And, you know, maybe if he had those positions filled with better guys, maybe he's still here. So, you know, I, I, I don't mind Hackett. I want to see the staff that he puts together. I don't mind Quinn. I want to see the staff he puts together. Yep. Synergy is good. I think you uh, really are pulling for the uh, Billy Bean, Sean McDermott combo there of the guys who are just totally in sync, have worked together for a while. And while uh, Sean McDermott's a defensive first guy, the Bills just had a perfect offensive game. I mean, you don't have to have an offensive minded head coach to have a good offense. You need to have a good quarterback. David Millen coming in. CHF $5. Thank you so much, David, for the support. Uh, We appreciate you. I don't even know what the CHF is, but uh, uh, Swiss Frank. A Swiss Frank. Well, that is amazing. Um, I'll take some more of those. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Well, guys, we're going to get on out of here. We appreciate you. Um, Carl, it's the Swiss Frank right there. Got to get to Switzerland. Talking about that today. Making me miss the uh, making me miss the mountains. I'm starting to already plan all my summer trips, so it's going to be great. Uh, You guys can follow Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining our groups at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are listening after the fact, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating and a review for a chance to win some swag. Maybe one of these building the Broncos hats, something nice like that. The Broncos for breakfast. Maybe you want a coffee mug. I don't know. Uh, it's all good. Uh, check out the check out the store also at huddleuppod.com. Do you know coffee mugs, hats, gators, et cetera, et cetera. If you guys are joining us today, like the show or just came across your timeline, make sure you are subscribed to our show, Mile High Huddle, on YouTube and liking and sharing the show as well. And tomorrow morning, we'll be over on Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy to talk some NFL draft and more stuff just uh, overarching uh, the NFL landscape. So That sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to tune in. I've got a little free time on my hands since I'm locked in my house for a few days. So Carl, it's time to, to start. In. Time to start breaking down those senior bowl quarterbacks. Sounds good to me. I, I've actually broken down all, but I think maybe one of them with at least seven games each. Okay. So I found some, I got some all 22 for uh 2020 Sam Howell and some Carson strong 2021. So if you're a, if you're in the neighborhood, uh, let me know what's up. Um, everyone yeah. have a good one. We're going to get on out of here. Senior bowl is right around the corner. Playoffs are going to be fun the rest of the way here. Hopefully those uh, our Buffalo Bills can knock out the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Everyone, have a good one. It was always fun to see on Tuesday nights. We'll be back next Tuesday night. Uh, Make sure you're joining us tomorrow night, too, for Huddle Up. Uh, I'm sure Chad is going to be back, so we'll see. You guys have a good one. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Love y'all. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.